if we can just turn to our scripture reading. Today's scripture is the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. And if you have it, if you could please stand for the reading of God's word. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. You may be seated. God, we thank you for today. Uh, we thank you for all that you've done, and I pray, Lord, as we go into this, into this new series in the book of Acts, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts, you would, us, you would get us ready, that you would help us to be excited, Lord, for all that you are going to be doing. God, we thank you for this past year. We thank you for the ups and the downs. We thank you for all the good things and the bad things. And God, we look uh, in forward in expectation for all the things that you are going to be doing at the end of this year as well. And so we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Uh, today's sermon title is called The Beginning. Now, what I want to do today as we start our series in the book of Acts uh, is just to do um, a couple things, which is kind of tell you why we're going to the book of Acts. And I just want to set up this series before we even kind of touch the verses here. Um, at the end of last year, right? I was praying about what 2020 would hold for us. And uh, I, had, I had made some plans, right? I mean, I had made big plans, like huge plans, right? I mean, I had, if, you see, if you saw my desk, there was like Venn diagrams, there was like spreadsheets, there was like all of this stuff, like, you know, all of this stuff going on. And, and I showed some of our leaders uh, a while back, like kind of a, a piece of that puzzle, uh, but man, I was so excited because I had so many things that I was getting us ready for. And yet, in a span of just a couple weeks, all of those things were thrown out. And at first, you know, I was a bit frustrated, you could say, because I had so many things that I had ready. And yet, more and more, as I was praying about it and I was looking at that, I realized that God was showing me that those plans needed to be thrown out. 
because I realized that my plans for our future, that my plans for this church were too small according to what God was going to do. Because God was going to do something so much bigger in our lives, so much bigger within this church for 2020 than any little plan or any little building block could ever do. Because for me, I was thinking too small. Because for me, I had certain programs that I wanted to put in place. I had certain groups that I wanted to do. I had a barbecue set for July 4th that I wanted us to be a part of. I had all these different things. And yet what God was trying to show me, and what I think God is trying to show all of us, is that the most important thing for 2020, that the reason why it was called the year of breakthrough, of the reason why it is called the year of breakthrough, is because for us, our breakthrough is going to come about when our relationship with God becomes true. That's it. That through every single trial and temptation and tribulation, it's not, about, it's not about us trying to get to a new land or a new destination, which is what I thought it was. It's all so that we could grow closer with the Lord. Think about it. In the book of Exodus, when we see the Israelites going out in the wilderness, they come across so many difficult things. They come across so many tribulations. And for them, in their mind, what they're thinking is, if I get through this tribulation, then that's one step closer to the promised land. If I'm able to get through this trial, then that's one step closer into the land flowing with milk and honey. And yet, what God continually says is, look, you are going through this trial and you are going through this tribulation not so that it's one step closer to the promised land, it's so that it's one step closer to me. That's why I'm taking you through that. And church, that's why I really think that even in these past six months, that he has given us a lot of these different trials and things, but I think in particular, these past two months have been extremely hard on a lot of us. But man, I think more than ever, God is just telling you and he's telling me, look, cling on to me. Cling on to what is most important. Danny, your plans for this year were too small. I'm going to show you what my plans are. I'm going to show you what is most important. I'm going to show you what the year of breakthrough really is going to be. And even for myself, as I was kind of studying Paul and his letters to the churches, I couldn't help but see that same pattern. Because in every single letter that he writes to his churches, he never talks about a pathway or a program or a certain discipleship group or how to set the things up in the future. He doesn't talk about any of those things. In his letters, he repeats three things again and again, and he never diverts away from them. He says, remember what God has done for you. He says, care for each other sacrificially. And he says, serve the poor and the widowed. That's it. That's all he continually talks about again and again. Because he knows that if you set your foundation upon those things, man, you're going to be set. If your foundation is in those things, then every program is going to come out from that. Every future idea that you come is going to come out from that. And yet, if your foundation is cracked, church, if your foundation is in something else, is in just having fun or in doing this or in doing that, then no matter how good your program may be, it's always going to lead away from God. Do you get that? 
And church, I think that's why it's so important for me as I look at Shining Star Community Church, why I'm so thankful for the vision that God has planted us in. I don't know if you know this because many of you are new and I haven't really preached this in a long time, but do you know one of the biggest questions I always get when newcomers come to our church? It's never what is the, what is the membership structure, is, is not uh, what is the identity or mission. It's always why are you called Shining Star Community Church, <laughs> right? It's always there. It's like it's so unique. I don't know why. Why is it called Shining Star Community Church? And you see, church, the reason why is because 20 years ago when this church was founded, it was founded upon Daniel 12.3, that one verse. And it says, those who are wise will shine like the heavens above, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so the simple goal of Shining Star, the simple vision of what we do, is we're trying to be wise, and we're trying to lead many to righteousness. That's it. Church, we're, we're, we're a very simple church. And I say that, man, so proudly. Because for us, our focus is on two things. And we've always just focused on two things, and I think we're always only going to focus on these two things. And those two things are, number one, to build disciples within the church, and number two, to spread the gospel outside the church. Right? To build disciples within our church, and to spread the gospel through domestic and foreign missions. That's it. That's the heart that God has given us. And you know what? It's only gone stronger and stronger. Within the past 20 years, Shining Star Community Church has sent out 61 missionaries from this place. We are supporting them, praying for them, actively caring for them. Not only that, we have another 96 missionaries that we are supporting through finance and through prayer and through other means. All from our church. Not only that, we are a part of 12 different mission organizations. And what those mission organizations do is that they train, teach, and lead other missionaries so that they can be effective communicators and leaders in their place. And church, man, it's, it's so, it's such a blessing to be a part of that. Because every year, every year, every summer, excluding this summer, of course, we send out mission teams to all over the world to go support our missionaries in their place of ministry. And for us, our English ministry, what we are planning, many of you guys know also, is that we are planning to send a team out to Senegal to be with Victorian and his family, to support them, to lead them, to pray for them, to do all that we could to, to, spur, to spur them on. Every summer, our youth ministry sends a team to Pittsburgh in order to spread the gospel there, to help out the YWAM base, to help them grow, to spur them on as well. Every summer, we have about three to four different mission teams that are sent out all over so that we can gain experience and so that we can really teach and guide and just support our missionaries all over the world. But church, our focus, our focus isn't just inside these church walls. We're committed to missions within our church too. 
Our desire is to grow disciples so that we can send them out. For us, man, we pray that God would bless our church. We pray that God would bless our people here so that they would grow into faithful men and women of God. But that's not the end. We ask that God wouldn't terminate those blessings within us, but that he would send us out in order to effect change within our cities, within our communities, within our workplaces, and within our families. It has been such a blessing of mine, one of the greatest blessings to know that there are times when people have come up to me and they said, Pastor Danny, man, I have accepted Jesus Christ in this place and I've been able to talk and preach and teach to the people in my family and to my workplaces and into my school. That's the point. That's the hope. That's why we're trying to grow disciples here. We want to build up men and women of God so that they can be strong, founded upon the word, the, the word of God. We, we have those two focuses, man. I love that our church is simple. It's on missions outside. It's on discipleship inside. And you know, I... Um, whenever I would lead our first step classes, right, and that, that's a class where... I teach about kind of the, the beginnings of our church and the history of our church and also um, kind of the, the basics of the Christian faith also. All of those types of things rolled into one. At the very end, what I do is I give uh, the newcomers usually a tour of our church. Um, uh, and I show them kind of all of our nooks and crannies because this church is like super confusing the first time you come in. And so I make sure to go all over the place and, and show them everywhere. And I'm so proud when I give a tour uh, because when I look at the walls, they're all blank. There's nothing there. When I look at our sound system, it's not state of the art. It's actually pretty old. <laughs> when I look at our chairs and our furniture and those things, man, there's crayon marks. There are little holes in them. There's things that, man, we can do our work well, but they're not the top of the top of the top quality. And so I show them all around the church, and then at the end I turn to them, and I can see the, the dials in their head dialing, right? I can see them kind of thinking like, is this it? Is this all that he's showing us? And I look at them and I say, man, I am so thankful for this church and I'm so proud of where we are because I know that from the very beginning 20 years ago to this moment that we are all in on missions and discipleship. That all of our resources, our time, and everything that we have are geared to those, towards those two things. And I know that, man, having a rock wall for our kids would be so nice. I know that having a video game system, you know, surround sound thing for our youth students would be so good. I know that having like all of this great stuff would be so nice, but man, if that detracts at all from our main mission and vision, then I don't want any part of that. And I said, look, if you want to be a part of this church, if you want to call this place home, is that something you want as well? Because guess what, guess what, we're not moving away from that at all. I am so proud of that, and I'm going to stick my feet into that forever. That's, that's not going to change for us. Church, for us, Shining Star Community Church, I want you to really know 
Is that something that you want to be a part of here as well? Look, our goal is to always make you feel welcome. Our goal is to help you feel at home here. Our goal will always be to provide food, to provide things, to do, be able to give as much as we possibly can. But man, those two things are the top priority for us. Are those the two priorities for you as well? And church, that's why for us, what I want to do, what I felt called to do for this past couple months is preach through the book of Acts. Because I think when we look at the book of Acts, we're going to see where their focus truly is. See, the book of Acts is a, is a story, it's a narrative about the early church right after Jesus Christ goes up to heaven. And it's about their struggles, it's about the miracles, it's about the story of just how they grew together, how they built leaders, how they cultivated a, a church, and how they did all these different things, their, their victories and their struggles. And what I want to see is, man, what was their focus? What was their priority? What was their vision moving forward there? And how can we as a church in this era, in this time, really push that out and live that together now? And I think that as we look at this book, we're going to really see that our vision and mission is not simply something that we've just thought of on our own, but it is purely and wholly biblical. It's something that our founding pastor always says. He says, look, the vision and the mission of the church is not a vision and the mission of simply a, a, a couple people. It is the vision and the mission of God. How true is that? The whole Bible is just completely filled with commandments, with God telling us, look, build each other, grow with each other, build disciples. Not only that, spread the gospel to all corners and all nations. And he commands us and he encourages us and he spurs us on to go in that direction. Now, a few things before we start the series. For us as a church, as we go through this book, man, we're not going to be able to go through everything verse by verse. It's, we can't. It's just too much. So what I want to encourage you is that you personally would read the book itself. That you wouldn't just wait until Sundays to read a, a passage or a couple verses together, but that you would take time out to read it. You see, the book of Acts is a narrative. It's a story. And so you're not going to get much out of it if you only follow small parts of the story. You're going to have to understand the whole thing. Now, here's the good news about that. And the good news is that if you are reading in our Bible reading plan, in the month of October, they go straight into the book of Acts. And so, man, if you're, if you're on track with us, praise the Lord, you're, gonna, you're, you're good. You don't have to put on anything extra. Now, for you who maybe haven't started or you've taken a break from that and you're kind of wary of starting it, now is literally the, the best time for you to start back with us. Man, start with us again. It's all good. All's forgiven. There's no problem. So just come in. Join. Start reading the Bible reading plan. Start from uh, 
you know, the Monday, go into Acts. We'll read it together. If you need kind of encouragement, come on our website. Read the Daily Bible Thoughts. We're constantly updating every single day about that too, right? Secondly, have you ever wondered why the book of Acts is called the book of Acts? You see, his traditional name is actually called the Acts of the Apostles because it's the story of the founding of the Christian church. And it has all these different characters and all these different miracles that happen within that time frame. And yet, what scholars say is that there is actually only one character that is talked about from the very beginning to the very end and is talked about all throughout the book of Acts. And that's Jesus Christ. It's not an apostle, it's not a prophet, it's not another leader. It's simply Jesus Christ. How fitting is that? As we go through this book, as we go through our series, as we try to implement different programs and do all of these different things, man, I, I, I hope that our foundation, that our center, that our beginning and end would be in Jesus Christ alone. That he would be the center of how we operate, that he would be our motivation, that he would be everything to us. Because the Bible tells us this. That man, if Jesus Christ is not your motivation, that if God is not the center of who you are, then it doesn't matter how much you give to the church. It doesn't matter how much you serve in this place. It is meaningless to God. First Samuel talks about this again and again. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Samuel says this to Saul. Because Saul is giving all of these things to the Lord. He's sacrificing the first fruits, the best of the best. And yet Saul comes up and says, what are, um, Samuel comes up and says, what are you doing, Saul? Don't you realize that all of this is meaningless when your heart is not right with the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. Look to the Lord. Put, your, put him as the center and everything else will flow from that. Church, this is going to be my cry to you as well. As we look through the book of Acts, as we go into the fall semester, as we go through all these different programs and everything else, it's not going to matter if our center is not based upon Jesus Christ. It's it's not going to matter how great the program that you have. It's not going to matter how great this ministry or this event or this thing is going to be. If Jesus Christ is not at the very center, there's no point. Okay? Amen? Amen. So let's get started, all right? Uh, Don't worry, this is going to be an abridged version. I just want to read to you verse 8, if you could just follow along with me. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Sumeria and to the end of the earth. Church, I only have one point today. Just one. And is that to be a Christian means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I think it's fair to say as we look through these verses that verse 8 is the mission statement, is the goal place for the entire book of Acts. 
You see, Jesus has gone through his death and resurrection and spent 40 days with the disciples. And yet at the very end, before he commissions them to go and create the early church, he says to them, you will receive power from the Holy Spirit and therefore be witnesses to the ends of the earth. What the Bible tells us is that the Holy Spirit comes upon those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work of opening our eyes to know our sin and his glory. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals to you that you need a Savior. And if you are a Christian today, it means that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. How awesome is that? Now, church, there are two characteristics of the Holy Spirit that every Christian will know and will experience. First is that the Holy Spirit tells us that Jesus is Lord. Second is that the Holy Spirit reminds us of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what that means. First is that the Holy Spirit tells us that Jesus is Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will guide a Christian. And it says, therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, what Paul is talking about, he isn't saying that if you're a Christian, you can only say Jesus is Lord. That, we know that's not true. Because even the most wicked person, even the most staunchest atheist can say Jesus is Lord. We know that in the Bible, demons are able to even say Jesus is Lord. What Paul is saying is that if you have the Holy Spirit residing in you, your life will reveal that Jesus is Lord. If you are a Christian, then you have the Holy Spirit residing within you. And if you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, then you will be led into a life that proclaims that Jesus Christ is Lord. Church, have you ever had that nagging feeling in your head that where you are going is not the right place to go? Have you ever had that feeling within the back of your mind that the words that you are about to say are not the right words to say? Church, there are things that I do because Jesus is Lord. And yet there are things that I will not do because Jesus is Lord of my life. There are places that I will go because Jesus is Lord of my life. And yet there are places that I will not go because Jesus is Lord of my life. There are things that I will spend money on because Jesus, he's the Lord of my life. And yet there are things that I will refuse to spend money on because Jesus is Lord of my life. Do you understand that? The Holy Spirit, you see, is the one who directs a Christian. And it shows you that you are a witness to others. Now, does this mean that every single time, like, it's going to be a wall that blocks you off from ever going in the wrong direction? Of course not. Of course, there are times when you stumble. There are times when you fall. 
There are times when even when you have that voice in your head, you're, you kind of forget it, you push it aside, and you move forward. But man, do you realize that when the Holy Spirit dwells within you, he's not a mute. He's not someone just stays there and just kind of waits patiently and does nothing. He directs your life. And the more you listen to the Holy Spirit, the stronger that voice will become. And the more you're going to be able to say, look, I'm going to do these things because I know that they're pleasing to the Lord. I'm not going to go in this direction because I know that Jesus is Lord of my life and that's not going to be pleasing to him. Church, that's what it means to know that Jesus is Lord. Secondly, having the Holy Spirit within us means that he will remind us of Jesus Christ. John 14, 26, it says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to, your remem- bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. Man, I, this is such a great verse. Because I can't tell you how many times, man, I need to remember that Jesus Christ is my treasure. I can't tell you how many times that I forget how good God is in my life. And it's the Holy Spirit that tells me, man, what you are doing, man, remember all that Jesus has done. Remember that the path that you are going to, man, is pleasing to the Lord. That the success and the fame and the, and the money that, that everyone else is chasing, those things aren't first priority for you. Your fir- first priority is Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that reminds you of that. You know, my first ministry experience was about 10 years ago when I was interning uh, at a church called Global Mission Church in South Korea. And at that time, I was a you know, I was a jack-of-all-trades there. I was trying to do everything, and I was an intern, too, so I just kind of, I, the, my main role, honestly, was to make copies. <laughs> I made copies, and I, and I gave copy to, to the other pastors. That's kind of what I did there. And so I, I would be doing that, but I would also be serving in the college ministry and in children's ministry, and it was really difficult. It was super uncomfortable because I didn't know any Korean. And yet, as the years went on, man, I loved it there. I loved serving there. It was so good. And by the end of my time there, I wanted to stay. And they offered me, actually, a full-time position there with everything, full benefit, all this time just to stay and to, and to uh, lead the English ministry there and just to really grow it. But at that time, I was praying. And, man, I just felt a nudging from the Lord saying, no, you, you need to go back to the U.S. I felt a nudging from the Holy Spirit telling me, yeah, you need to go back. And so I prayed and I said, uh, okay, I'm going to go. And so I... I came back to the U.S., I went to Boston, and I started to finish up my seminary degree there. When I was in Boston, I was pastoring, I was a youth pastor, part-time youth pastor at a church in North Boston. I mean, I grew to, to really love those, those youth students there, and we were able to really grow close over the past two years. But at the end, man, they offered me also a position there. And they said, hey, you want, do you want to stay? Do you want to really grow this ministry? Do you want to really stay for the long term? And I said, let me pray about it. And so I was praying. And the Holy Spirit again nudged me. The Holy Spirit said, no, you need to go back home. You need to go back home. 
go back to DC. And so I said, okay, I went to DC. And I went to DC and, and lo and behold, I went back to square one. I started interning at a church in, at a church called the District Church. And I was interning there and everything was going well and, and I was thinking about extending my time there when again, I kind of just felt a nudging from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit saying, you know, come back to Shining Star. Come back to Shining Star. And that's where I really had to pray hard. And yet, I think God really was leading me in the right direction here. You see, I think throughout these past 10 years, as God was leading me from place to place, right as I was getting comfortable, right as I was getting established, right as all of these things were happening, I believe the Holy Spirit was reminding me that success is not found in my comfort. Success is not found in the big crowds or in a lot of money or in all of these different things. Success is ultimately found in knowing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I realized then, as I was, the more we look for validation in people or in different things, we will always be looking. We will never be satisfied. And what we need constantly is that reminder from the Holy Spirit saying, look, it's never going to be a single place that fulfills you. It's never going to be a single job that fulfills you. It's never going to be a single person that fulfills you. Your fulfillment is going to be found in Jesus Christ alone. And that was the, the whole thought process that I was having as I was reflecting back on these 10 years. Because, man, it's so true that, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will remind us that Jesus Christ is Lord. He will remind us to come back to him, to remember our first love, to remember all that he's done for us. Because our flesh is weak, man, but our spirit is willing. And we're going to always want to go towards those other things. We're always going to be pushed towards going towards these other, in this other direction of trying to chase success and fame and popularity and money. And yet, listen to the Holy Spirit, church. The Holy Spirit will always guide you in the right direction. Because what the Holy Spirit will always do is remind you to come back to Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for all that you have done. And Lord, I pray just for this time as we come before you, and Lord, that you would just be so, so real to us. So